Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast. I am Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog, what we like to call Tom. I'm here in Newport Beach, California, and today I'm going to be talking about the article called The Endurance Sport That Is Investing. Yes, investing is an endurance sport. So I am a little bit of a financial nerd, so sometimes I spend my weekends researching and taking notes and kind of getting an idea of what I want to write about for Thoughts on Money this coming week. Well, coincidentally, this last weekend I was doing some research on risk and drawdowns and recovery periods, which I'll define what those things mean and we'll talk about that today. And I was just doing some general note taking that, hey, I wanted to write an article this week on risk and the importance of understanding risk and and what it means to a financial plan. Then I come in Monday And wow, we had a tough week in the markets. So it seemed like a very fitting article to write, and it was very timely. I also encourage you in the article, I put the link in there so you can go check it out, but the Dividend Cafe, which is authored by David Bonson, has produced two great articles this week, uh, one on Wednesday, February 24th, and one on Friday that I would encourage everybody to go to. builds a lot of context about what's going on in markets today and kind of how, how an investor should react and the importance of that reaction to somebody's long-term financial plan. So I'll encourage you to go there. I provided the links. You can also go to thebonsongroup.com and check out the Dividend Cafe. So let's get into the article this week. I start out the article with this idea of talking about how difficult it is to define risk. And I I, I juxtapose these two different definitions in the finance industry of risk. And let's start there. So the, the most common definition of risk and one that anybody who walks in my door that's a new client or a current client, they'll use this nomenclature. And it's this idea of are you a conservative, moderate, or aggressive investor? I've heard those monikers a lot, and I I, I laugh because they're very difficult for me to talk about because they're meaningless. To each person, that can mean a totally different thing. And I make the comparison in politics if somebody came up to you and they said, hey, I'm a moderate, what does that actually mean? Like you have to have a conversation with somebody. You have to understand the particulars of their situation, their beliefs, their values to kind of define what that really means. So I, I would say that when we talk about risk and we use those um, those name badges, that conservative, moderate, or aggressive, they don't mean a lot. And, and we need to dig a little bit deeper to kind of understand what that investor means when they use that terminology. So I, I, I'm defining that those are too ambiguous and too broad. Now let's go to the other side of the spectrum. Within the finance world, with finance geeks like myself, We use mathematical terms to start to define risk. We use terms like standard deviation, which most people I talk to, they don't even know what that mathematical term means. And we define investments risk by saying, hey, that has an 18% standard deviation or this or that. The problem with that is it's not a comprehensible term. It's not a term that we can use in everyday language from somebody outside of the field of investing and get a true idea of what that actually means. So therein lies the tension that, hey, our, our, our commonplace language is to say, use these terms that are really ambiguous and don't give us a lot of definition. And then kind of the more nuanced field of investing uses terms that are not really comprehensible. So we have no platform to have a discussion and to understand what risk means to an individual. And one thing I wrote in the article that I think is really true is, in reality, investors love risk when it means they're making more money and despise it when it's amplifying their losses. 
And the reason I wrote this article is it's so important when you build a financial plan that you define your tolerance and your comfortability because the last thing that you'd want to do is build a portfolio with investments that work for you today. But when they go their natural course of up, down, sideways, uh, they make you uneasy and you change your financial plan or you change your portfolio because you can't stick to your financial plan. And I really love this quote from David Bonson. It was from uh, Dividend Cafe, April 2018. So it's an, an older article, but it says, I have written for nearly 20 years of the pivotally important truism that risk and volatility are not the same thing. That risk is the possibility of a failure to achieve a financial goal, whereas volatility is the up and down movements of the value of asset prices inevitable in the life of any investor. So let me translate that a little bit. What he's saying is risk, the real risk, is that something would happen within your portfolio that would hinder you from achieving one of your financial goals. That's a risk. What's volatility? Volatility is the fact that uh, assets change in value every day, stocks second by second on the market. There's not a risk when that's happening because if I have something that's volatile today, tomorrow, and this week, but I have a financial goal that's set 10 years out, well, that volatility is is meaningless for a 10-year goal. It just makes me uncomfortable today. So where that transitions us is that we do have to get an idea of what our tolerance is for volatility. And one of the the places I went in this article is starting to understand this idea of drawdowns and recovery periods. And this is how I explain it to investors when they're becoming a new client is when we build a portfolio, yes, we're going to build in like what our expected rates of return are, but there's also an expectation that this portfolio is going to have volatility. So if volatility is is a finance term, let's really oversimplify that. Hey, you're going to invest money today. And that's going to be X amount of dollars. Next month, you're going to get a statement in the mail. And guess what? That statement is going to reflect a value that's probably different than it is today. It could be a value that's greater or it could be a value that's less. So let's say I have a million dollars I invest today. Three months later, I open a statement and it's worth 900000 That means there was a 10% drawdown. A million dollar portfolio went down to 900000 That's 10%. It changed 10% to the downside. You have to figure out before you ever start investing is are you comfortable with opening a statement and seeing a value less than what you originally invested? And if you are not, then you shouldn't invest in things that have any sort of volatility to them. So if you say, okay, now I understand, Trevor, that I I, I am going to be willing to invest in things that have volatility because I understand that volatility has a relationship with returns. And if I want to create these returns that are going to mean that I achieve my future financial goals, I'm going to have to accept some level of volatility. Well, then you have to go even further and you have to define the volatility that you're comfortable with. So we set a million dollar portfolio. I open a future statement worth 900,000. That's a 10% drawdown. If you're comfortable with that, would you be comfortable with a 20% drawdown? or a 30% drawdown. And and you have to build these guardrails around your portfolio of where you're comfortable. And you have to look in historical context to what those drawdowns actually feel like. 
And we're experiencing that right now this week when we're having one of kind of the quickest drawdowns historically in just a one-week period to see the market go down 10, 12, 15% in you know a five- or seven-day trading period. That is a very quick drawdown. So we have to get an understanding of, of how we feel when that happens and how we react. The reaction is so important because your financial plan is built saying, if I own this, that, and the other over this time period, then yes, I have a high likelihood of achieving my goals. But if you change your mind every month and you take all the stocks and go to cash and then from cash to bonds and back to stocks, well, then it's really not in line with that financial plan that you originally created. So what I what I included on the website, if you go to the blog, is I wanted to give what I called a graphical illustration of these drawdowns and recovery periods because I wanted to give you context to understand, hey, when I build a financial plan, I could go through one of these periods and I have to understand what they actually feel like. I'm referencing back to that quote I said earlier that people love risk when it means they're making more money and they hate it when it's amplifying their losses. Well, one of the first graphs I included was the NASDAQ. If you look at the NASDAQ, 1997, 98, 1999, it was flying. You couldn't get in a cab without the cab driver telling you about a hot stock, or you couldn't go to work without a friend sharing that they bought this.com or that or the other. It was a time where people were really interested in investing, but it wasn't really investing. They were really interested in gambling. Well, what happened is uh, the bottom fell out from under that, and you see in 2000, 2001, 2002, that the NASDAQ had a drawdown. So earlier we talked about a million-dollar portfolio going down 10%, which would be worth 900000 This drawdown was 75%. Over that three-year period, 75% of the value was lost. That is a drawdown that most investors, I would say almost all investors, probably couldn't stomach. Now, we can say, okay, wow, that's a lot, a 75% drawdown. But I think you have to marry that to one other concept, is what was the recovery period? So not only did the value change from a million dollars down to 250000 a 75% drawdown, but how long did it take to get back to a million-dollar portfolio if I kind of just let it sit, right? Because that, that's kind of what happens is there's these violent drawdowns and they definitely make us queasy and uneasy. But our financial plan does depend on staying invested in certain asset classes and and that, hey, if we kind of stayed the course, then it would be fine, right? Because that's, that's an often financial advice. Be patient, stay the course. Well, if an investor in the NASDAQ going down 75%, how long was it to get back to the, the million-dollar portfolio? It was 15 years. That's a huge recovery period. That's why it's so important to understand what you're investing in, what you're paying, what the potential drawdowns are, and what those recovery periods are. The next graphical illustration I gave is if you look at Japan, a similar bubble happened in the late 80s, 1989. Um, I included this long chart going from 1989 to present. That's 30 years. In 30 years, after multiple drawdowns, the price value of, of the the Nikkei stock index in Japan has not recovered. So an investor that invested in 1989 in kind of a, a basket of securities that were way overpriced, that were some of them trading at 100 times earnings, uh, which is astronomical, unbelievable, something that wouldn't be prudent to invest in. Well, over the last 30 years, somebody hasn't recovered the value from that original investment. Again, 
how important it is that we build an investment strategy that is built on prudence and we have a, a general understanding of the risks that we're taking. Now, those are extreme cases. Those are very normal cases in the financial textbook to talk about because are they are on the extreme end. But I included a third chart in here, and it's one I've included before, but it's really an important one to look at. And it goes back from 1980 to 2020, um, so the last 40 years of markets. And it's trying to describe each year the market has these intra-year drawdowns, and it's very normal. So over that time period, the average intra-year drawdown is 14%. So par for the course, if I am an investor in the stock market, I should expect that sometime within the year, I could have two different statements that I get in the mail, and there could be a 14% difference from them to the downside. You have to be okay with that if you're a stock investor. If you're, if you're not okay with that, then you need to adjust your allocations and your investment portfolio accordingly because the worst thing is if you're owning an investment that you really shouldn't own and then you sell it when the value gets depressed. That's the worst thing you could do for your financial plan. So I would encourage you to go look at that chart. I think it's really helpful and to understand that these intra-year drawdowns of 14% are normal. So everything we're going through right now with the coronavirus, it is very serious, right? And it, it's affected people's lives and it's, it's not something that we should ever discount. Um, and I, I, but I want to talk about it from a market perspective. From a market perspective, this drawdown is normal. It's within the expectation and the range that we've experienced over the last 40 years. So what does it mean? It means we have to have the right expectations. And I used a, a little service industry adage, um, and I know you've heard it before. It's people in the service industry always say, um, under promise and over deliver. And it's this idea that customers come in with expectations and their experience is going to depend on if those expectations were met or not. Investing is very much similar. When you come in to being an investor and you build a portfolio, you have expectations. You have expectations of the returns, of how that portfolio will grow. Um, and it's really important to have the right expectations, not only on returns, but it's good to have the right expectations on volatility, the, good expecta- the right expectations on drawdowns and recovery periods. Because if you don't, then you'll be disappointed. And that disappointment traditionally has led to people making really bad decisions. So I said in the article, this is where I'm going to make a baton pass. I'm going to encourage you to meet with your advisor and sit down and say, hey, the way my portfolio is built right now, what type of drawdowns should I expect? And what type of rates of return should I expect? And if I do experience one of those drawdowns, what does the recovery period look like? Right. If you took just the S&P 500, it has had drawdowns of 40 50% historically. And some of those drawdowns have a five-year recovery period. So you need to understand, hey, how much can I allocate to stocks or, or investments like that? And what can I personally endure? Right, Because there's that tension. There's the rate of return expectation that you need on your portfolio to achieve your particular goals, but then there's also your tolerance and what you can endure, uh, and you balance those two. That's how you build a portfolio. So there is no better time than now to sit down with your advisor and to go through these things and look at your investment policy statement and say, oh, okay, now I understand that I have to be able to expect or endure a fill-in-the-blank percentage drawdown, and if I do experience one of those, it might take 
X amount of years to recover. But for taking on that quote unquote volatility or that risk, my expected rate of return with this type of portfolio should be this. And, and that is the the art and the science of building a portfolio that is married and complementary to your financial plan. So when you get done listening to this podcast, send your uh, advisor an email, schedule that appointment, review your investment policy statement, and make sure that your portfolio is in line with your own expectations. We'll wrap it up there. I'll encourage you to rate the podcast, leave comments. You're always welcome to email me at tcummings at thebonsongroup.com. Love to hear your questions and comments and uh, happy to help in any way that we can. Until next week. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.